You're listening to the HadIt.com radio show. HadIt.com is veterans helping veterans. We leave no one behind, not on a jungle trail, not on a desert trail, and not on a paper trail. If you want any information about the VA, log on to www.hadit.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 28th day of February, 2014, and uh, we're here for the Basser Hour, and uh, uh, Jay Basser, he's our co-host, and uh, Stretch, our technician, uh, down there in Arkansas, uh, keeps everything rolling smooth here. So, we'd welcome you all to call in if you have any questions or comments. Our call-in number is 347-237-4819. Now, that call-in number, once again, is 347-237-4819. So if you have any questions or comments, feel free to call in. Uh, We'd like to talk to you and and, uh, see how you're doing today. Uh, John, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Gerald. How are you doing today? By golly, pretty good. Uh, We got a little cold front with some uh, uh, showers headed our way, they say it's a small one, but it'll be coming through here and headed over towards Kentucky there. Uh, and then we have another bigger one coming in uh, behind it. So uh, look out. We got something coming. Don't know what all. <laughs> yeah, this winter definitely sucks. <laughs> Excuse my French, but uh, it keeps dragging on. You know, it's kind of like... Uh, it's kind of like uh, our political system that keeps dragging on with nothing ever happening, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Uh, all gone. And, uh, you know, we look like we get a foot step forward and two steps back. It, uh, it's a terrible mess. And it's kind of like an amputee running up a hill with, with, without, his, without, his, without his peg leg. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, you know, we got some problems with this uh, Hegel guy. Uh, I, I, I can't believe he works for, uh, he has a position that he, he's working in, and it's uh, certainly of no benefit to veterans. I mean, my lands, he, he wants to uh, put these, all the do all this, taking away stuff. Uh, uh, veterans don't need this. Veterans don't need that. What are we going to do with this character? I mean, I've, I've called my congressmen and senators, and uh, uh, I was hoped that they would get that bill signed yesterday for veterans, but that didn't even happen. So mm-hmm. now we got to deal with this Hagel uh, guy. Yeah, well, that bill yesterday was a victim of political bickering, as usual. You know, it's uh, they can't get along and make anything bipartisan, and so there's there's a way to fix these problems, folks. And it's called uh, exercise your right on election day and put those folks on the cheese line and get somebody else. Absolutely. I mean, uh, folks, we got to go vote some of these deadheads out of office. They've been there just so long that uh, they think they're untouchable. And you can take that little pencil of yours on election day and uh, let's put some new people in there. Get get something accomplished. Well, let's go ahead and get started on the numbers. And this ain't pretty. Um, of course, everybody knows our, uh, I guess it's the defense secretary, 
uh, Secretary of Defense Chuck Hagel. He's a, uh, I guess he's an appointee by the current administration. He has different beliefs from the rest of the world. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he was dropping. He was a baby or what, but something's wrong. Um, this dude, well, I take the E off that, and what do you get? A dud. Uh, he's wanting to cut the military and the Army to its smallest size, similar to the size we had just before the United States entered World War II. Back in 1940, we had a very small army, and the problem was all the writing was on the wall. We knew we were going to be drawn into World War II, but everybody wanted to stay away from it and get out of it, you know, so we stayed neutral for a long time. Well, we were sitting in the house one day and had our pants down to our ankles, military and all, and the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. It took us two years to catch up. And fortunately, if it wasn't for the Battle of Midway, we'd all be speaking Japanese right now. Because they were on a roll. We shouldn't let that happen again. We should be strong in our military. If they're not overseas fighting, they should be guarding the borders. We don't need to cut... uh, 100,000 troops, you know, to go down to 440,000, okay? Of course, they said they're relying a lot on technology, and the problem with that is if we have smart enemies, the first thing that's going to go is your technology because they've got technology, too, and they can take out our satellites, and they can mess our computer systems up. They do that, and we've got 400,000 troops with no communications. What happens? chaos you know they're relying too much on technology technology is good for starting a war you know you've got your smart bombs and you've got your missiles and you've got your drones and you've got everything you know available to start a war but there's no place for this technology in either urban or jungle warfare because the enemy's hiding you can't find him it's been proven in Vietnam. It's been proven over in the desert, too. The only way to actually win a war is to go into the ground and do like we did in World War II and completely take the place over. So, this is a, it's a bad idea. I urge everyone to contact their Senate and Congressman to relay your feelings about this issue. You know, I mean, they're cutting everything. I'm serious. They're cutting cuts you would not believe. And it's all about budget and money. See, we're all numbers. And, uh, you know, that's the problem with uh, dealing with the VA. You're a number, you're not a person. Now, the hospitals treat you pretty good, and, you know, they treat you like a person. But you're still a number because what's the first thing they ask you, Drew, when you go to the VA? Your last four. What's your last four? And that's a number, right? That's a number. Okay. Your name Dick Cheney. Four. Former Vice President Dick Cheney came out about that, and uh, he's pretty much dead set against it. But this is all the 2015 budget bill, and they're going to deliver it to Congress next week. Um, they're fixing the debate again over base closures, cutting ships and aircraft, weapons programs. And also going to cut troops paying benefits. Uh, he says the U.S. needs a smaller, high-tech military as opposed to a larger, but less modern force. He urges Congress to go along with him. He said it may be unpleasant. And he said more gridlock and sequestration would hurt us even more. Well, we don't need gridlock and sequestration. We need to make sure that our budget is stable, stabilized. You know, we need to change our tax code and things like that to make sure it's covered. Everybody should pay a certain percentage of tax, and that be it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, and them cutting the military uh, the way they're talking, John, 
That's scary. I mean, that's just setting us up, setting this country up. I don't care how high-tech it is. Like you said, one of them EMT bombs or even a, a solar flare or my lands, anything could take out our, our communication systems. And uh, uh, you're sitting there with just half the number of troops you actually need to do, perform a task, and it's not going to happen because you can't train them quick enough. It takes months to train a, a, a military uh, uh, specialist. Uh, you just don't do it overnight. Mm-hmm. And and uh, for them to go so far as dwindle our military down, it is asinine. I mean, it's crazy. It don't even make sense. We know what mm-hmm. happens whenever we have a, a uh, we're sitting here vulnerable. Our vulnerability is, is uh, sticking out there like a sore thumb. Someone's going to smack it. That's true. It is now. This is getting more and more interesting because uh, the effect of this, if they cut a weapons program or, say, for example, they cut a helicopter program or something like that, they're not just cutting the machines, okay? The troops that operate them are cut, and a larger force of civilians that actually do the maintenance and things like that, and then the readiness is also cut. So, I mean, it it trickles down to families here in the United States that, you know, that work on them, like, uh, you know, uh, they've got places around the country that, you know, they redo them, rebuild the motors and things like that in them. And uh, those folks are gone, too. And, you know, they work for contractors and work for the government, but they're going to get laid off and lose their job. That's going to add to the unemployment list that's already too too daggone high. And uh, so it's just ugly. Now... He's also wanting to cut other things, too. Uh, there's an issue with TRICARE. He's wanting to raise the copay rates for all the people that's on TRICARE. Yes, that is. That, that is one of the issues that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, let's hope that he, uh, somehow this don't happen. I mean... Mm-hmm. It's going to hurt a lot of people, a lot of veterans, actually. Yep. And uh, not only weaken the country as a whole, mm. but a lot of a lot of your current veterans uh, draw on benefits, uh, you know, from service-connected issues. They're gonna they're gonna feel the effects also. So. I'm telling you, folks, get a hold of your legislators. Call them. Uh, let them know how you feel about all this and try to get their support. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a big issue, but it all depends on this November's election because if the other party gains control, this is all going to go away. That's already been promised. So, but... Uh, it's ugly because you know they've. You, I mean, if you're on track here and you're you're retired, they start popping you with a fifty dollar copay every time you go see the doctor. It digs into your pocket. And it does quickly. Yeah. So a lot of guys are going to quit doing trial care and start going to the VA, and that's just going to increase the backlog even more. That's what's going to happen? Is, yeah. Because once these guys get their jobs cut and they've got any injuries at all, service-connected claims are going to skyrocket. It'll triple the backlog. You take 100,000 troops, I guarantee you uh, 30 or 40,000 has got service-connected disabilities. Or more. Yeah, and, you know, they start filing claims. Next thing you know, our good old VA regional office, that is, not the folks at the hospitals. They get in there and they start their they start playing their games, and once they get done with their games, the time you get rated, you're five years down the road, uh, broke and you know trying to make ends meet on next to nothing. You know, maybe working at McDonald's, 
And next thing you know, you know, boom, you're hurting. That's what happens. You know, but it's all about numbers because you're just a number. You know, and these ideas, you know, I mean, they might be a good idea for some reasons in some, some countries. But this is not a good idea for the most powerful country in the world. You don't cut your military down. Especially, especially since everybody else hates you. A strong military has kept the United States out of a lot of serious troubles. Uh, yeah. People think kinda... twice before they, you know, they say, look, they, that's a force to reckon with, and they had the best military in the world. Mm-hmm. The United States has the best military in the world. Now, why would you go to be looting your military? <clears throat> well... Something else I'd like to see them build a National Guard there also in each state. They've dwindled yeah. the National Guard down in each state to where it's it's pathetic. Uh, every state in the Union needs a strong National Guard. I think they're building their own army up with Homeland Security, to tell you the truth. Uh, it looks like it. Well, they're buying all the ammunition, so something's going on. My land's uh, even buying up for Social Security. Why does Social Security need uh, uh, buku billions of bullets? You know, that don't make sense. Social Security and then uh, your Homeland Security, and uh, I was reading some other bunch of uh, yahoos uh, was getting all these ammunition. That's why there's no ammunition out here to get. The government's buying it all. For what what reason? Or what's their mindset here? What what are their intentions? Uh, it it just goes along with cutting out your military. Mm. And cutting down on your National Guards for each state. Each state has the right to maintain a, a National Guard, and I think they should have a strong National Guard. Uh, he's cutting. They're cutting like crazy. So, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to find these cuts line by line so I can go over them. It's 2015 budget, so I don't know if it's going to fly or not, but... Uh, getting ugly. So he cuts, uh, hmm. okay. <clears throat> hmm. I don't go into too much detail about track here and things like that. <clears throat> but these cuts will be, Painful to everybody that's involved. Um, they're going to cut a lot of money out of the budget. <clears throat> Once these programs get canceled, the civilians lose their job but lose their tax base. It trickles down, you know, it does. It comes all the way down to the veteran. Yes, it does. It does. I mean, with cuts like that, they'll probably go out and start with, they probably want to tax our VA compensation. Uh, that that, uh, but uh, you know, if they get to cutting back like that, it it takes a, a certain amount of em- employees uh, out here, employers, uh, to help maintain the military. Mm-hmm. And if you cut the military, there's going to go bukus of jobs. I don't know. I, I I can't even speculate how many jobs might be lost through this action. It's just not cutting the military here. I mean, that's just one piece of it. It, it goes way, way uh, beyond cutting the military. Drew, uh, what what do you what do you, what do you spend the week on food? Well, me, I don't have much to spend on food a week, but 
problem. What's average? Hundred uh, bucks. Oh, thirty-five bucks or forty. Really? Hmm, okay. Of course, you buy a lot of bulk things that too. Cover it. Well, I have to buy in bulk. Uh, it seems on sale and buy a bulk of it. Uh, well, you know, the average American family probably spends one hundred fifty, two hundred dollars a week on food. Depends on the size of the family, you know. Say about a hundred, a hundred. But uh, I. How many families we got in the U.S.? Three hundred million people. You divide it by the families, so you got a hundred, maybe one hundred sixty million families. Yeah. <clears throat> Spend hundred dollars a week. That's uh, fifty two hundred bucks a year. So that'd be fifty two dollars per family if we do a one percent tax on food. So that would basically take care of it all. Everybody would pay that because that's fair. Everybody's got to eat. You follow me? Yeah. And that would be a solution to raising taxes and things like that. You have to worry about it, you know. I mean, it's there. That money would take care of whatever budget shortfall we did have. If they manage it correctly, but they would think it was a windfall and say, hey, we got money, let's go spend, 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 you know. It's like the old days. Fiscal year, the fiscal year starts in October. The ship's coming in from the Westpac. All the officers go through and make an inventory list of what they got. They start checking that list off and telling the people to start throwing this stuff overboard. We get new stuff here next month. Now, that's happened. And I guarantee you, Stretch can verify that. They will chuck it overboard to get new stuff. That was back during the days of the $1,000 hammers. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and them toilet seats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the toilet seats on the ship. Yeah, it's unreal. Yeah. So there's ways to do this. There's ideas out there to fix this whole problem, but it falls upon deaf ears. And the problem is not the people. The problem is too many people have got the ear of the legislation. They lobby for this and that and this and that. And it's all, you know, it's all for personal gain anyways eventually. So, well, I something, don't, something's got to change, especially with the people we've got up there that, uh, you know, I can understand his position. He's probably under a lot of pressure. You know, because he's, like, he's not like Congress. He don't have a, you know, his boss is a is wanting to do this and that and cut this and that and he's involved in the middle of a political uh, game you know because both parties the way actually have to actually hate each other and uh, I think they ought to put on gloves and have a free for all myself make the best man <laughs> win well boy, I'm telling you I think they ought to get them all shotguns and no, I think they from each other and just pull the triggers all at once. Well, they got to work together because you got to limit both issues too. You got a lot of gridlock. And problem is, they're not working together, and uh, no, they never have. And that's a shame because the whole country suffers for it. Uh, mm-hmm. They might call it, well, that's just politics. Well, bull, that. Not just politics. You were mm-hmm. sent there to take, you know, for the best interest to oversee the best interest of of your constituents, and mm. they don't seem to care about their constituents whenever they That's get true. there. And uh, doing away with the military, lowering the military. Uh, the strength of the military to the point of being ridiculously low yep. is criminal. Well, I tell you what, you got 470,000 troops. That's 10% of all the troops that died in World War II. Yes, it is. 
So, of course, we'll probably never have another global conflict like we had in World War II because technology does have its advantages that way. But there's still, you know, there's still enemies out there. There's still, you know, there's still people that, uh, you know, they're jealous of our way of life and they want to end it. They sure do for some reason, uh, but of course we keep sticking our nose in here, there, and yonder, and um, I'd like to see that to stop. I mean, yep. But uh, in, at any rate, uh, that's the government. That, uh, but you got to remember, for every individual in the field, it takes at least ten supportive individuals to support that individual. Yes, it does. And a lot of them civilians. At least ten. <clears throat> more. I know at least ten. And uh, uh, if you only have 400,000 troops, okay, for everyone that goes to the field, there's 10 of them that's supporting him. They got mm-hmm. that he gets his supplies, his, his food, his water, medical uh, treatment, and, uh, you know, list goes on and on, and, and that stuff just don't, don't uh, show up at a, a flip of a switch. I mean, you know, it takes physical labor to, to take care of these guys out in the field, and a lot of it. Well, let me tell you, I can just, I can vouch for ammunition itself, you know, especially artillery and things like that. You know, it's stored in the depots here in the United States. And uh, <clears throat> they'll make the ammunition and they'll we'll rework it. They'll take the explosive out of it, wash it out, and refill it. And uh, they store stuff here. And guys work hard. They're civilians, and they work their butts off loading rail cars and unloading all that stuff. And put them back on rail cars and shipping it over, putting it on ships and getting to the right place. You know, them things they're not they're not light at all. They're pretty heavy. If you've ever handled a one five five projectile, you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> but it's a uh, it's a lot of work and it involves a lot of people. I think it's probably more than ten people, John. Uh, There's a lot of people involved. I mean, you know, it's a, you know, back in the day, you know, back when I was in the service, I guess that was before uh, Gorbachev tore that wall down, and you know, the end of the, end of the Cold War. I mean, we had a lot larger navy and a lot larger army than we got now. Of course, we had technology, and we had the F, we had the F-14 Tomcat, which, in my, in my opinion, is the best fighter we ever had. It could do it both, do it all. But uh, they wanted something. I don't know what happened. I guess it was the fuel consumption of the plane or something. But, you know, that plane should still be around today. You know, I mean, whatever's bigger and better. And they got this big F-35 they're talking about. And they got this new new little fighter that's coming out that I guess several countries are going to use this little fighter. Well, that's all good. That's all, that's all good. But, you know... You need to keep your own technology in your own work, you know, your own war machines. Well, and, that's uh, exactly right. Why are we building planes for other countries, uh, especially war planes? Mm-hmm. Uh, we shouldn't be, in my opinion. Send uh, a picture here, here in this country. Saw a picture of the night of a clear blue sky. The guy posted under the picture. Look, stealth fighter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny, but our technology is good. Don't get me wrong. You know, we're, we've got we've got we've got some pretty smart cookies in this country. You know, develop this technology. But on the other hand, you know, you've got some pretty smart folks in other places too. Yes, you do. And it seems like, uh, especially China, they get our technology before they can get it off the farm board. I don't know why that's all happening. When I was in the service, my God, security was serious business. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you look at this two situation, you know. I mean, you know, we, you rely on your technology and you start your, you start your conflict up and things like that. Eventually, it's going to turn into a ground war. That's just the way it is. 
that's the way it always been. <clears throat> don't have enough. Thing. If you don't have enough troops, you say, okay, I surrender. Well, yeah. Uh, look at them in the Ukraine right now. See, there's uh, a country uh, that took the weapons away from their troops. I understand that if they generate a new constitution. They're going to imply, I mean, uh, uh, put into it and still into the new constitution, the Second Amendment rights, where all the people are there, uh, citizens can uh, keep and bear arms. Because mm-hmm. uh, they was just setting ducks out there, throwing rocks, and they was had their snipers up there uh, shooting them. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. That's the way they want it to be. And and people need to remember that. Uh, look around some of these countries uh, that citizens are not allowed uh, to own weapons. And you, you'll you see almost uh, all of them there turn into a dictatorship of one sort or another. Yeah, that's true. But, that's gonna be under that's gonna be under Russia rule before long. They're walking and take uh, that place over. Looks like Russia might be moving in on them. Uh, yeah. I'm afraid that's gonna happen. <clears throat> yeah. They won't get. Yeah. If our current regime's got anything to do with it, what's gonna happen? Yeah, but anyway, yeah. you know, uh, see, they don't have a military, so to say, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, not much one, not enough. Uh, not enough to stand up to Russia. So, mm-hmm. and here we are sitting back here, knowing how volatile the whole world is in general, mm-hmm. and we're talking about reducing our military. Well, we, Russia's, you know, they're coming back. Russia's building and, uh, up. And, Putin's, uh, Putin's got something that we don't have, or something that we've lost. Well, that's a set of you. That's a set of you know what. Yeah, <laughs> he sure does. And he can mm-hmm. see the weakness uh, in the United States now in the Congress. And, and you just hit the nail on the head, Gerald. Well, uh, Congress is is weak, and. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, they're letting themselves be pushed around. They're losing their rights. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand it. It don't make sense. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. And, uh, so, folks, uh, you know, if if your congressman or senator ain't up there really putting in a fight for you, get them, get rid of, them. vote them out of office, vote somebody our, new in. Our military right now is in a bad situation, Joel, because. The commanders are afraid to command, you know, especially in the Navy. You know, if you turn the ship the wrong way, you might get fired. You know, you're right. And <clears throat> uh, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. They have, uh, the military, uh, you should have, the military should answer to one general. Mm, they should answer to one. But... He takes his orders. The, of course, the president's commander-in-chief, mm-hmm. as it should be. Yeah, that was a big thing during the Cold War. You know, they were talking about the enemies, and they were talking about, they were talking about the, uh, you know, the other countries, the Communist Party, that the people were, the military members of those parties were actually, you know, their leaders were micromanaged by their above leaders. Yeah. And next thing you know, you take out that leader, and what do you got? Chaos. You have chaos, and uh, when they stop listening to their professional military personnel, uh, they're there to advise them and and, uh, help guide them and keep them, you know, keep the country in a prepared mode. No matter what happens, they're prepared for something. That's true. And... uh, when you st- start ignoring them and actually firing them and putting in s- subordinates under them, mm-hmm. uh, you're setting yourself up for a disaster. 
and how many of your high-ranking military officials have have uh, been fired? A lot. For reason. I mean, there's... they're they're down to just the old plum no confidence issue now, firing folks. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, they want to get rid of somebody. They say, well, let's make a deal with you. Y'all vote no confidence and. We'll, we'll promote this person here to this job, you know. So, maintain a strong military. I don't know how in the world you can emphasize that enough. Unless mm-hmm. uh, you start having someone crossing the border at you pointing guns. Uh, uh, too late. Then it's too late. Too late. Too late. Yeah, I I look back at the War of 1812, and uh, Mm -hmm. in 1811, the King of England decided he wanted the U.S. back under his control, and he recognized that we had absolutely no military. And so he sent his troops over, marched all the way to the White House, and burned it. Shot everybody got in the way, and it wasn't wasn't soldiers, it was just people with guns, and they shot them. Mm -hmm. And... uh, I'm still really surprised at why President Madison uh, negotiated a deal with him. At the same time, Andrew Jackson was down in New Orleans taking on the, the British. He had raised his own army and whipped them together. And they killed uh, something like 10,000 British soldiers. And he only lost a handful of people doing it. It kind of trapped him, but... When the news finally got to Washington, Madison had already been negotiating a deal with the British. And uh, I don't think we should have to negotiate with anybody. That's why I think we ought to stay. That war was kind of a, a reminder that we ought to stay prepared at all times. And that's part of the national defense. And they're yes. doing away with it. So. That's true. You know, back in the old days, well, I think let's go back a few years ago, oh, Seven or eight years ago, you know, we 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 had a certain aura about us. You know, we said we didn't negotiate with terrorists, and that if you uh, this is a pretty strong statement. If you if your country harbors or aids terrorism, you you know that you're going to pay for it. And that's a pretty bold statement back then, and the world took notice. Now we say something like that, and the world starts laughing. Yeah. So and our now, credibility, our so credibility seems to have disappeared. We only had one enemy back then, and uh, now we have several. So mm-hmm. it could be a lot different. Yeah. That's exactly true, Mike. Because you know, you know, times change, and you know. Things change as technology advances and as the world changes. But, uh, you know, one thing always remains the same. You know, you need to protect your rights and protect your Constitution. And you need to take care of business. That's the the issue, you know. If you've got uh, an aggressor that, you know, and that's a valuable threat, you need to deal with it. That's what we have to do. We can't turn into a, a kissy kissy, huggy huggy society because that's the wrong path. Because you know, population is going to decrease now over the over the next several years because of some recent events that's happened, and it's you know, it's going to get ugly because we're going to have less and less people to have in the military in the next hundred years. You know what I mean, Gerald? Yeah. That's yeah. Good. I mean. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's another thing to uh, take in mind, uh, take into account. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks, if we lose our our military, if it gets reduced, I think right now it's on a, a real low scale. We're not up to snuff as far as military snake, uh, strength. <coughs> well. Back in the 90s and early 2000s, uh, all these cold warships were decommissioned. And then, uh, you know, so a lot of these ships were tore apart and deconstructed. 
but a lot of them were involved in an operation called SYNCX. And SYNCX is a, a project that uh, was kind of practice, you know. And they took it off of Hawaii, off the coast of North Carolina, and then off the coast of Virginia. They sunk a bunch of ships just for target practice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that was uh, the downfall was uh, for the military started back in the uh, President Clinton's administration. Because they started cutting and cutting and cutting, you know. And they've cut, you know, we've got new submarines and things like that out in the Virginia class and things like that. But the old fast attacks, you know, they they cut them suckers in half and took the reactors out and buried the reactors. Now and and now they're dismantling those ships. You know, so you know we've only got one thing left, and that's our deterrence. And. uh it's a wonder how many of those have been destroyed. So it's ugly. Very ugly. Technology's there. But again, technology can go away. Uh, yeah, you're right. We can lose it in a flash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All it takes is a little meteor hitting a satellite or something, you know. Yeah. Uh, solar flare, solar storm or something. Uh no telling what all, but uh, it's still, you still got to have enough troops to maintain the security of the country. Yep, now, that's true. And, and uh, every state has to have enough National Guard to uh, assist, and uh, it's not only keeping up to date with everything uh, military-wise. It's, they assist in, in uh, uh, natural disasters. Yeah. Okay, let's do, it. let's do it this way. Somebody look up how many square miles, how many miles of border do we have with other countries, Canada and Mexico? Oh, man. Well, we have quite a few miles of border. That's what we need to look up. We can do the math. See if we have enough troops just to line the border. Do we? Well, <coughs> and I don't think we have enough National Guard left. Uh, we have a few, but not, I think it's skeleton crews uh, in every state. They've used, uh, instead of using the regular army, uh, they've jumped over to uh, National Guard. Yeah, they have. The National Guardsmen were in Iraq and Iran. Yeah. I mean, Iraq and Afghanistan, excuse me. Uh, I don't mean to think true. Iran, maybe that was wishful thinking, but... <laughs> they used, uh, uh, in my opinion only, overseas in uh, such as a world war or something like that, if we're, we're under actual serious threat, then you call your <clears throat> guardian. But well, like they did in World War Two, World War One. You know, you were talking about the draft earlier, Gerald. You know, it might be something they have to consider because all these young folks now are growing up and they're reading all this stuff about the VA and how they're treating their veterans and stuff like that. Uh-huh. You know, and just, you know, they may not want to volunteer for the service because they know what they're going to have to go through if they get hurt. Uh, that's true, and I think the words out that uh, uh, the, the military ain't exactly. Uh, they tell you what they're told to tell you, and they're told to tell you that if you get hurt, you're going to be getting taken care of. Well, that's not necessarily true. Yeah. Uh, you got to come up with new slogans. Army used to be all you can be. <laughs> You're right, and uh, uh, I would have never believed when I was in the service. My man, you wouldn't have either. That you got injured, uh, no matter what the injury, 
if you was in the service, I'd take care of you. And uh, but uh, it come back, and uh, people started dealing with exposure issues. Of course, if you got shot or something, that was different. That was a physical edge. I mean, but if you got a lot of guys. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then they this PTSD thing come along and. Uh, 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 traumatic brain injuries come along, and, and uh, it don't show any bodily injuries. You know, you have all your limbs and everything that uh, they don't. The BAs have a difficult time trying to get the uh, figure out how they're going to take care. Of I don't think they know yet. That's right. They're still fighting it around about PTSD, TBI, or TBI, and, and uh, exposure issues. Look at Agent Orange. We still have a lot of Agent Orange issues that have not been resolved. It's true. There's a lot of folks out there still. Yes, and uh, as well as most of your... Uh, Radiated uh, atomic uh, veterans—they called them. Uh, I think most of them died off, and very few of them got compensated. A few did. Funny thing about that is they did the uh, uh, they did the test out in Bikini in the forties. They lined all these ships up <clears throat> and they put them in strategic locations. And the first bomb was dropped by air. That sucker misses target and went off anyways. So they had all these ships that weren't directly involved, and the crews of those ships were on another ship, watching it in the background. Well, after the bomb went off, they said, well, we don't have no damage to our ships. They brought those crews back on those ships and lived on those ships for a long period of time. You know, knowing those ships were highly contaminated. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so you get a lot of cancer and stuff right there. And then, uh, of course, they backed them off, and then they put one under the Pennsylvanian or whatever it was and put it under sea, and they blew it up and sunk a bunch of other ships. You know, but a lot of them just withstood it. But, you know, what good are they? You know, they're, they've done been contaminated with a lot of radiation and stuff. And then that, you know, the, today, this day, that whole island still, you can't go to it. That's true. You know, because of all the testing done. I and they test that that hydrogen bomb went off, and it made a crater. I forget it's miles wide and miles deep. You know, biggest thing that ever went off. And there's so much cesium over there that uh, you know, the coconuts and everything else growing are, are poisonous. And uh, they can't get enough potassium to cover it up. You know, we displaced uh, we displaced the whole infrastructure, people, everything. You know, we we, we moved them to other islands, and so that's a that's a hot spot. And uh, that's the nuclear military, you know. But man himself is very destructive. We already made enough weapons to ruin the world, anyway. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And until we can live peacefully together, and I don't know when that will ever be. Uh, but uh, right now, it's not the time to be uh, cutting back on your military. Yeah. Right now's the time to be building it up. We need to bring our troops home and 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 uh, uh, have them work. Uh, other true. Mm, that's true. I think our problems can be solved by by, by mathematicians. It can be solved pretty easy. All they got to do is fix the tax code. That's all they got to do is fix the change the tax code, and uh, you know that will take care of the amount of money necessary to run our, you know, to run our country correctly. More than enough. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not raising taxes, it's just adjusting the tax code. 
You know, yeah. if your tax bracket's 10%, everybody pay 10%. Well, if you make $10,000 a year, you pay 1000 Yeah. You know, that's the way it is. If you make $10 million a year, you pay a million. It doesn't matter. It's all the same percent. Well, you know, I might but, see a fixed tax. But, yeah. And it, it looked to me like they could made it all work with a fixed mm-hmm. But for whatever... That's business, that's business and everything, you know. You know, you, that's everything. So, you know, you pay 10%, no matter what. There's no tax, uh, you know, there's no more filing taxes and getting refunds and things like that. You pay your 10% and go on. That put, you know, the Internal Revenue Service could be a collection agency for that. And instead of having them work so hard to do other stuff, you know, then, you know, it's already set. You cut back a lot of, you know, you're you're saving money. Actually, you would be. Look what be a lot of, run that conglomeration, man. Right? Yeah, but you'd be a lot of CPAs and things like that out of business, but they still, you know, they can still help collect stuff, you know. Uh, That's how they ought to do it. Of course, it's all a racket. Well, a 10% rate seems to be a fair one. Uh, but, it's, uh, like the re- <clears throat> it's like the real estate market. That's a, that's a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Because, you know, you broker a real estate office and you got agents working for you, you know, and you get 6%, well, they get 3% and you get 3%. That's that's a pyramid scheme is what that is. <clears throat> and then that causes people to over-evaluate the values of houses and stuff, and then one of the foreign countries that loans the money to to make all these loans come and want their money back and want, want to call the loans, and next thing you know, boom, what happens to the housing market? Yeah. Yeah, it goes under. Pretty smart people up there make these things. That's some real winners, Gerald. Yeah, that's for sure. But uh, we folks were trying to instill upon you to call your legislators. Let them know you don't want your military cut. Yep. Uh, strong. Make it strong. We need a strong military, not a weak one. Yep. Make it strong. I mean, it's... Uh, and don't just contact one, contact all of them. <clears throat> you got the state, state and federal. State uh, can't do much about it. This state here, they're too, too, they too busy doing something else. Well, it's still, I'd let them know yeah. how you feel. Yeah, so it's uh, something else. And there's ideas to be taken to fix these problems we've had a lot easier than the bickering going on in D.C. You know, the problem is with these bills. They'll get something going, they'll pass it, and somebody stands up and says, I want to amend this, do this. The so next thing you know, they're uh, <clears throat> they're writing, okay, I need $40 million for so-and-so to to uh, catch, catch butterflies. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's true. Yeah, so that, I mean, it should be, bills should have no, no addendums to it at all. There should be nothing like that. Of course, back years ago, there was a big conversation over the line on veto. You remember that? Yeah. They take out some of these admitted stuff. So that's the problem. But the problem is, is uh, you know, one guy comes up with an idea, however good the idea is. That's just like the, our veteran stuff, you know. So they came up with an idea to help veterans, you know, to make things better for veterans. You know, not enough people are buying into it to get it passed. And as Congress goes, it's a two-year deal. If yeah. this thing ain't done, set in two years, all bets are off. You got to start over again. So nothing lives; everything dies. It's got to start over again. Well, that's a job security form. That's well, the only yeah. thing I can see. And uh, actually, I, I feel it's wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. Things do need to be updated. Uh, from time to time, uh, but 
I wasn't pink every two years. Mm-hmm. And they try to tackle immigration. <laughs> it's a joke. Well, immigration, to me, it, it just fell into a, a pit. <laughs> well, Colorado found out the hard way because, uh, you know, once these, uh, we had a couple, two or three people come in there and they started doing some very serious gun control legislation. And next thing you know, the gun control folks, the anti-gun control folks got wind of it. And, buddy, within six months, they were gone. The recall vote busted them out of office. Real quick. So, urge your state to have it to, you know, try to get your states to put in the recall because that's the best thing. I like to see one on a federal level myself. You know, I like to see one up there because doing a bad job, you say, okay, you're fired. Well, that's you know, that would be nice if I had one on a federal <clears throat> level. Uh, yep. Everyone. Uh, especially on congressmen and senators. Uh, mm-hmm. All the way up. We'll stop all there. Way up, all the way up to the top. You're right. If, yep. Uh, if Congress won't take care of uh, things, uh, you know, if you don't like what the president done, you need to replace him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we all need an out clause for that, and that should be on that. That should be uh <clears throat> that should be decided by pop or, or, or by the vote. That way, nobody can manipulate it. The uh, damage that's been done to this country in the last five years is unreal. It's tremendous amount damage. Now they're coming to the point they want to. Uh, dwindle our military which to me right now is at, at a low on the low end of the scale anyway it needs to be larger than what it is we that don't is have true. enough troops to do the job that n- needs to be done and, and not only that the troops who are the best trained military in the world have these rules of engagement. They're not allowed to shoot unless they've been shot at four or five times. You know, what kind of deal is that? Mickey Mouse, man. That is disgraceful. Yeah. Well, Drew, we got about two minutes and five seconds left on this little episode we're doing today. I think we need to go ahead and... I hope people are listening. Contact your legislators. you got to do something to maintain their military to a mm-hmm. decent level. Uh, uh, because if we don't, when we do need them, they may not be there. That's true. And remember, for every troop in the field... It takes so many troops, uh, so many personnel to support that one troop, that one individual. And uh, remember that when they're talking 400,000, uh, what was it cutting it back to, John? 470. 470,000. <clears throat> mm-hmm. For every troop going to the field, there's ten of them that has to, ten or more. I think it's more than ten, actually. Yep. But uh, uh, it takes that many to support that one troop out in the field, that one personnel out in the field. Yeah, it takes like ten to one or something like that. So yeah. Uh, 10, so that's ten percent. So if, uh, uh-huh. for, for each 47,000 troops, you got... You know, they support the support troops. Uh, yeah. So you don't really have four hundred and seventy thousand military. Mhm. Well, you do, but I mean, the ones that's going to be out there on the front line. Mhm. That's true. Come on, wake up, folks. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so if we get, we're if out. we get 
if we got forty seven if we got forty seven thousand miles of border between the United States and everything else, that's one troop per mile. Yeah. Or ten troops per mile, I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, insane. Right. Well, we better shut it down, Drew. We're out of time here, and uh, we appreciate you tuning in, and hope you you take heed and uh, contact your legislators, please. It's it's the only chance we have, and uh, we got to sway them and and get this taken care of because uh, we're fixing to get into some very serious trouble if this continues on the way it's continuing. So this will be Gerald Cook and John Basser. Uh, uh, John, thank you for having the Basser Hour. Uh, okay. <laughs> thank you for helping. We're always uh, glad to have the Basser Hour. So, And Stretch, thank you for uh, keeping the technical end of this thing going. And this will be Gerald Cook. Uh, we'll be signing off the air for now.